Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. Oh no, Gavin, my my personality sorter is super, super accurate. I get drunk, and then I tell you what I think about you. Yeah. Ass. The following podcast contains... You used to be a kind, loving man, and now you're a foul-mouthed monster! Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you based your hiring decisions on something Viv and Edith came up with over coffee one afternoon, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is episode number 309, The Cult of Personality Test, where we talk about Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, part two of our series, Why Do You Believe This Crap? Stay tuned. The What the Hell Are You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Big Leon's Personality Sorter. You want to know what kind of people you're hiring? Ask Big Leon. It's important to know about the personality and motivations of a potential employee, and those big name tests are inexpensive and inaccurate. But Big Leon, cheap and sort of accurate. Big Leon is not a psychologist or any of that fancy shit. Big Leon is just a guy who knows people real good. Big Leon has spent 43 years of Wisnik's tool and die started on the floor, and now he's the VP of Human Resources. And in that time... Big Leon has seen some shit. Over the course of three beers, Big Leon will sort your potential employee into one of four categories. A good guy, a hard worker, a know-it-all, or a douchebag. And make a recommendation on the potential as an employee. Big Leon's personality sorter. Spot the know-it-all on the douchebags before you hire them. It's your birthday. Someone gives you a calfskin wallet. I wouldn't accept it. Also... And report the person who gave it to me to the police. You've got a little boy. He shows you his butterfly collection, plus the killing jar. I take him to the doctor. You're watching television. Suddenly you realize there's a wasp crawling on your arm. I'd kill it. You're reading a magazine. You come across a full-page nude photo of a girl. Is this testing whether I'm a replicant or a lesbian, Mr. Deckard? Just answer the questions, please. You show it to your husband. He likes it so much, he hangs it on your bedroom wall. I wouldn't let him. Why not? I should be enough for him. One more question. You're watching a stage play. A banquet is in progress. The guests are enjoying an appetizer of raw oysters. The entree consists of boiled dog. I've had a lot of jobs over the years. Some of them were good. Some of them were terrible. Some of them I quit, and some of them... A guy would come around to my desk and say, Get the fuck out of here! Naturally, having all those jobs like I had, I'm deeply experienced in the hiring process. Resumes, applications, interviews, piss testing, giving the hiring manager a handy in the dollar store bathroom. I'm sorry, what? You know, the usual stuff. And in all those years of seeking low-wage work, debasing myself for corporate America and Vernon and a Dalton, Georgia dollar store, 
I think the most degrading moment I ever experienced was applying for a job at a Home Depot. Of course. Stands to reason. I was working as a store detective in a Walmart, which is just as awful as it sounds, and a friend of mine told me about a job doing the same thing at a Home Depot. Now, shoplifters in a Walmart can be difficult to spot. A lot of high-dollar items are small and easy to hide, but I figured in a Home Depot it would be easy. I mean, no one is slipping a belt sander into their boxer shorts and walking out the door. You would think so, but no. Anyway, as part of the hiring process, I was put in front of a computer and administered a series of tests to see what kind of employee I might be. Now, you might imagine that it being a Home Depot, these tests would involve tools or some kind of shit about wood, but no! I was given a personality test. I guess it was really important for Home Depot to know if the guy they were hiring to stop a 300-pound man with a power saw in his crotch is a creative extrovert with an openness to new ideas. I was just looking for the right person for the job. Of course, I got the job because I knew exactly how to game the test, and pod friends, I was the right person for the job. Because when a shoplifter tried to kill me with an 8-inch razor-sharp wood chisel worth 9 bucks he was trying to steal, I hit him with a snow shovel, which demonstrated my openness to new ideas and how much I fucking hated working at Home Depot. I was there for three months and went back to Walmart after that. I'm willing to bet that many of you listening have taken at least one of these tests for work or for fun somewhere along the line of your life. According to the Society for Industrial and Organizational Psychology, 20% of employers in America use cognitive ability testing, measuring logic, reasoning, and reading comprehension, and 29% use some kind of psychological assessment testing in their company. That indicates only that you are still sane. Well, no, I mean... Maybe they might screen out the occasional axe murderer or QAnon adherent, but mostly they're tested to see what type of person you are. Well-traveled, cultured, and into butt stuff. Again, no, well, maybe, but things get complicated when it comes to these tests. There are two major personality tests out there and hundreds of individualized systems to type, cross-match, and sort you into a broad-based assumptions about the person the algorithm thinks you might be. Well, that's a bit vague. Oh, we'll get into that. The biggest ones, however, are the Big Five and the Myers-Briggs. Well, they're both nasty. True, but for this episode, I want to focus on the Myers-Briggs. I do not do this because Myers-Briggs is more dubious than the Big Five, which it is, but... Rather, Myers-Briggs has become sort of a thing with people who, for some reason, want to tell you what type they are and find out what type you are. Oh, gosh, really? Yeah, really. And like with so many of our stories, we can't tell you the story about why Myers-Briggs is a thing without telling the story of how Myers-Briggs became, you know, a thing. And it all starts with Carl Jung. Not that guy. Yep. Of course, Carl is one of the fathers of modern analytical psych psychiatry and was a protege of Sigmund Freud. And the two were close for years, and Siggy thought of Carl as his natural successor until Carl broke away from Freud because... It only talks about his sex. That is actually the real reason the two had a falling out. Young kind of approved and de-emphasized the importance of sexual development in his theories. Young was without question a gifted scientist, and his works formed some of the foundations of modern thoughts on psychiatry, but he wandered more on the philosophical side of things in later years, which can't be proven, but are interesting ways of thinking about the mind. Most people know Young because of his theories and archetypes. 
from simplypsychology.com, quote, Jungian archetypes are defined as images and themes that derive from the collective unconsciousness as proposed by Carl Jung. Archetypes have universal meanings across cultures and may show up in dreams, literature, art, or religion. For Jung, our primitive past becomes the basis of the human psyche, directing and influencing present behavior. Jung claimed to identify a large number of archetypes, but paid special attention to four. Jung labeled these archetypes as the self, the persona, the shadow, and the anima or the animus. This, this is nonsense. Yeah, I know, but Carl believed it. And he distilled these bigger ideas down into some elemental personality types for people. Extroversion versus introversion, sensation versus intuition, thinking versus feeling, and judging versus perceiving. All of which are based not so much on science, but, you know, how Carl felt about certain things. And most of this is pretty common sense, and they've entered our cultural zeitgeist to some degree or another, and they all have a pretty commonly accepted meaning. Everyone knows what an introvert is. Annoying. Yes. And, of course, introversion, we all know what that means, and all the rest of them. They're, they're basically commonly accepted definitions. And the reason that we know so much about these things is because of a little thing called the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator. Ooh, I hear you ask. Are Myers and Briggs, are they here to sell you a wine cooler? Hello there. My name is Frank Bartles. And this is Ed James. No, no, they only sound like two old guys made up in a marketing department. They were actually, in fact, a two women, a mother and a daughter, Catherine Cook Briggs and her daughter Isabel Briggs Myers. Both of these women were truly remarkable, not just for their time, and if they were famous for anything else, I would be singing their praises at the top of my voice. Catherine Briggs was born in 1875. Her parents were both university educated, and her father was on faculty at Michigan State. And Briggs graduated from Oberlin, after, Oberlin College after starting at 14. She later married Lyman Briggs, a physicist and member of the Board of Standards in Washington, D.C., and her daughter Isabel Myers was born in 1897. Sadly, was the only of the couple's four children to survive infancy. Briggs was a scholar of childhood development and a researcher and an author on how children develop and learn, and she actually took Isabel out of school and homeschooled her growing up until she attended Swarthmore, where she studied political science. Impressive. Without question, both women were. Briggs developed, let us say, a fascination with Carl Jung in the 1920s. I obsession. From an article in Marketplace.org, quote, Catherine, who'd already developed her own system of categorizing people's personalities, became fixated with Carl Jung's psychological types in the early 1920s, even striking up a correspondence with a Swiss psychoanalyst. For five years, five of the most interesting and exciting years of my life, friends laughingly referred to Jung's types as my Bible, Catherine recalled. She began experimenting on people she knew and had set up the Maker's Cosmic Laboratory where she would link her subject's dream motifs, e.g. eczema, rebirth to Jung's personality theory and over the years Briggs refined her thoughts on Jung's types and began experimenting on her friends asking them to take little assessments and created and categorizing them on three by five index cards you must be fun at parties I think we both know the flaw in that theory while and this is one of those little gems that only sounds like I'm making it up but I'm not she was also writing mystery novels. She won a contest in 1928 with her murder, with her novel Murder Yet to Come, which was published to modest acclaim and financial success, and uh, of course incorporated her ideas about personality types into the murder mystery. Oh, of course, of course. She uh, she wrote a second novel, which you uh, might 
have a bit of trouble tracking down and reading, partially because it was panned by critics, but mostly because it was pretty fucking racist. Give Me Death features the same detectives as Murder Yet to Come investigating the mysterious deaths of a Southern family who it turns out were killing themselves because they might have, quote, one drop of Negro blood, unquote. And in another quote taken directly from the text of the book, quote, better for the family to be dead than for them to be alive heedlessly reproducing with white people, unquote. Okay, that is racist. Well, not according to her family and supporters who claim that Briggs did not have a racist bone in her body. But you know, anyone who claims or has it claimed about them not to have a racist bone in their body is usually... It's incredibly racist. Super racist. Just During World War II, Briggs and Myers began constructing what is now the Myers-Briggs test. It was, according to its creators, done, quote, in the belief that a knowledge of personality preferences would help women entering the industrial workforce for the first time identify the sort of wartime jobs that would be most comfortable and effective for them, unquote. Because I suppose it was important to know what personality type was best for putting rivets in bombers versus welding fucking Liberty ship halls or something. Again, I'm not a student of psychology, but neither were Briggs and Myers, so you know, I'm just as qualified as they are to talk about it. Just to be clear on this, there's zero scientific validity in Jungian personality types or in the Myers-Briggs temperament indicator. The MBTI has just as much science involved as a BuzzFeed quiz titled, I bet we can tell which member of the Friends cast you would smash based on your Pop-Tart preference. Actually, the BuzzFeed quiz might be slightly more reliable just based on the fewer numbers of variables involved. Oh, that was way too harsh. No need to be mean. This, of course, did not stop the MBTI from becoming the most popular assessment test in the world by the mid-1980s, used by major, major corporations, universities, the U.S. government, and the U.S. military to determine suitability and best placement for their employees. And since somehow I wound up being a military cop, despite a flippant attitude toward authority and a laissez-faire attitude towards the law, I think we can tell how well it works. And now you may think you have taken an MBTI. But most of you have only taken a knockoff or a stripped-down version on the internet unless you've taken it professionally. Why? Because it's fucking expensive to give your peons an MBTI. To even get hard copies of the test for yourself for administration or to others, it will set you back around two grand for a week-long certification program run by the Myers and Briggs Foundations. From a dig.com article in 2015, quote, Validity is crucial to selling the test even if it doesn't mean exactly what Barb seems to think it does. After the certification session is over, the participants will return to work with a 5x7 diploma and a brass MBTI pin and a stack of promotional materials that they are encouraged to use to persuade their clients or colleagues to take the MBTI assessment. Each test costs $49.95 per person, more if you want a full breakdown of your type, and even more if you want an MBTI certified consultant to debrief your type with you. No one questions the sheer ingenuity of this sales scheme. We're paying $1,695 to attend the course that authorizes us to recruit others to buy a product, a product which tells us nothing more than what we already knew about ourselves, unquote. Sounds like a big scam. Like a pyramid-shaped scam. I had to go back and shoehorn that one in. Also, 
The test is rife with bias and inconsistencies, beginning with simply enough, no one is a fucking binary. No one's a pure introvert and no one's a pure extrovert. Even Jung said this, quote, there is no such thing as pure introvert or pure extrovert. Such a man would be in a lunatic asylum, unquote. Although, with the rise of multi-level marketing, I'm seeing how pure extroverts that should be in asylums are out there in the real world. Additionally, from an article on Vox.com, quote, there's also another related problem with these limited choices. Look at the chart above and you'll notice those words like selfish, lazy, or mean don't appear anywhere. No matter what type you're assigned, you get a flattering description of yourself as a thinker, performer, or nurturer. This isn't a test designed to accurately categorize people, but rather a test to make them feel happy after taking it. This is one of the reasons it's persisted for so many years in the corporate world after being disregarded by psychologists, unquote. It's the same thing we were talking about in astrology. The test doesn't tell you who you are. It describes who you would like to be. Try taking even a fake MBTI online and answer the questions in the most negative fashion you can imagine, and you will still get a result blowing sunshine and roses up your ass, even when you answer the questions like you were Ted Bundy on a Tinder profile. Also, Anyone that lists their MBTI on their Tinder profile should be regarded in the same manner as Ted Bundy. Not to mention how even if you are not trying to game the test, your results shift over time. Again, from that Vox article, quote, Theoretically, people might still get value out of the Myers-Briggs if it accurately indicated which end of the spectrum they were closest to for any given category. But the problem with that is the idea that the fact that a text is notoriously inconsistent. Research has found that as many as 50% of the people arrive at different results the second time they take a test, even if it's just five weeks later. That's because the traits it aims to measure aren't the ones that are consistently different among people. Most of us vary in these traits over time, depending on our mood when we take the test for instance we may or may not think that we sympathize with people but the text simply tells us whether we are thinking or feeling based on how we answered a handful of binary questions with no room in between unquote if I'm feeling peppy and well-disposed towards humanity, when I take the test, I'll get one result. If, for example, I have been interacting with other human beings and see how fucking stupid they are, I will get a different one. That isn't science. That's a fucking mood ring. And this entire test is nothing more than pseudoscience mumbo-jumbo designed to make feel people feel good about themselves, and oh, boy, does it ever. Oddly enough, it fills the same space as astrology for people who think astrology is just a little too woo-woo for them. Many of them from the same generation, oddly enough. Gen Xers spent our lives trying to escape being labeled and categorized, and our successor generation is busy doing it to themselves. We can only hope Gen Z does better. And don't bother to try and search for a good article on all this. All you will get is piles and piles of shit trying to get you to spend 50 bucks on an MBTI or some knockoff. Trust me, I did the research. But boy, you spend some time on YouTube and you will see the Myers bullshit in action. Welcome to the Personality Typing Summit, a free online event featuring a wide range of personality and profiling experts, sharing wisdom and practices to reveal your unique gifts, patterns, and life path. Share this event with your friends and family, and come join us on Facebook at The Shift Network. And now your host, Ben Hart. Good God, these huckstering fuckers blather on about their INF. 
fuck me's or ENT jerk me offs. Oh, and how you could center your chakras or some other bullshit selling their seminars and workbooks on how to understand your personality with their help. You might as well just head on down to the Scientology Center and strap yourself to a fucking e-meter. And God help you if you point out how none of this is actually based in science. I was in a genuine meeting a couple of years ago at my very real, very well-paying good job that I don't talk about on this podcast when they had some hack come in to administer some variant of the vapid nonsense. And when I pointed out how I could be back at my desk taking a BuzzFeed quiz on how my favorite Taylor Swift song could explain my inner soul, they got all pissy about it. So like I said about astrology, you want to believe in stupid shit, that's your business. Your life and your money. If you want to waste it on shit, and still a marginally free country if you're white enough, so be my guest. But don't expect me not to mention, <laughs> if you bring it up, that this stupid shit that you believe in is the equivalent of gnomes in your underwear drawer whiting out your skid marks. Or that someone is making money off you being stupid and maybe that ought to be illegal. But... If we did that, if we outlawed making money off morons, America would fall the fuck apart. The economy would just fall the fuck apart overnight. I mean, the lotto right off the bat, straight up. And my favorite liquor store makes as much off the lotto as it does my booze purchases. And I like those people and I'd very much like them to be around. But you know what? Herein lies the rub. This shit is taken seriously by corporations and employers. And it impacts you directly. Like Home Depot, many of the biggest employers in the country use personality testing largely based on core concepts of the Myers-Briggs in their hiring. Citigroup, ExxonMobil, Ford, Procter & Gamble, J.P. Morgan, Deloitte, Kroger, Facebook, Google all use some form of psychometric testing during their hiring process. From an article on TheEconomist.com, quote, Anthony Abatiello who leads the global leadership of succession at Russell Reynolds Associate, is in favor of personality tests. Personality tests can offer objective and scientifically valid explanations of individuals, thinking style and behavioral tendencies, values and motivations, he says. They are also useful to better understand existing employees who are being considered for a different role or as part of an ongoing internal development program. But he says it's important to select the right type of testing and to ensure the people interpreting the results are appropriately trained, unquote. And these tests are big, big money for the people who make these tests. Forbes said that in 2020, the industry was worth about $2 billion. That's a shitload of money. Many of the companies make claims, unsubstantiated claims, that their tests are based on research. But when you start digging around to find the research, it's all entirely paid for by the test creators and they stonewall any attempt for non-biased researchers to access their data because it's proprietary copyright information. Which, okay, yeah, true, but also real fucking convenient when you don't want people seeing how your sausage is made and how many roaches and rats are dropping into the grinder. And what is undeniably worst, these tests are inherently flawed from the inception because they are all written by rich white dudes for rich white dudes and full of rich white dude bias. The algorithm is racist. 
It doesn't mean to be racist. It's not like the algorithm wears a red hat and shouts at you for wearing a mask in the food king. It's subtly racist by filtering your responses through the preconceptions and biases of a white dude who wrote the algorithm. No one's saying they're intentionally screening out people of color or those with psychological issues. It just sort of sorts them out because they don't fit neatly into the binary world of the test creator. And when the Ur test maker wrote a novel where white people committed suicide because they thought they had one drop of black blood in them, you're talking about a built-in bias right in the foundation. So not only are the tests based on underpants gnomes, but the underpants gnomes sometimes slip out and burn a cross on the living room rug. And that shit should definitely be illegal. No one should ever have to take some bullshit quiz to determine their eligibility for a fucking job. Before it was made against the law, lie detectors, another entirely bullshit test, used to be routine even to get a fucking job as a goddamn gas station attendant. It's the same thing, only with inherent bias thrown in for funsies. Although, considering that all the people administering the polygraphs were fucking white guys, yeah, okay, there was inherent bias there. And it's not like you can say no when you're applying for a job. You gotta work, so you gotta take this bullshit test, and then you're just gonna lie on it. Everyone knows you have to lie on them, which makes an already wildly inaccurate test that much more so because you're gonna game the test to make it seem like you're a gregarious introvert who's great at problem solving and is super fun at the office karaoke party. When you know damn well you can't sing Careless Whisper for shit, Jennifer. You're a surly, hidebound boar who's tone deaf and has a singing voice like a weasel trapped in a lawnmower. <laughs> I really am sorry for playing Yoko Ono there. You didn't deserve that. Now, I went ahead and took the test, and I answered them honestly. Would you like to know my results? I know that you would. On the big five, the most scientific of the test, I scored a 93 in openness to experience, a two in work ethic, yeah, I can see that. a four on extroversion, and a 38 on agreeableness, and a 35 on neuroticism. Meaning, say, if you were looking at my test and evaluating me, you might say that I, scoring so high in openness to experience, am imaginative, open-minded, experimental, prefers creative conceptual problem solving, and that me, scoring so low in work ethic that I'm, I don't know, spontaneous or disorganized, or I prefer my plans flexible and dislike precise details. And then once you throw in my Myers-Briggs test, well, this week, I am what they call an INFPA, an assertive mediator. This means I'm empathic, brutally honest, a soul in search of a calling, generous, open-minded, creative, compassionate, and idealistic. But my weaknesses are I can sometimes be unrealistic. I can be a little self-isolating, a little unfocused, and emotionally vulnerable, self-critical, but oh... I am so desperate to please. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's me, all right. All of this bullshit is just stuff you want to hear about yourself. Even the negatives are designed to make you feel good about yourself. You want to know the real you, the one that matters most in relationships, be they your work environment or your romantic relationships. Ask someone close to you to be brutally honest just like this. Hey, uh, hey, Gavin. 
you want to weigh in with your opinions of my personality, say maybe my my strengths and my weaknesses. You are a gaping asshole. Harsh, but fair. And according to my Myers-Briggs, I may be a gaping asshole, but I'm an emotionally vulnerable one that's desperate to please. <laughs> that is it for our show this week. If you thought it was a touch harsh with Myers-Briggs, wait into the finale of Why Do You Believe This Crap when I take on an assessment so fucking woo-woo, it literally involves Indian yogis and ancient mystical secrets. So naturally, it's the most popular thing going, and so accurate, it will frighten you. Meaning again, it's just saying some nice shit you want to believe about yourself. Speaking of wanting to believe shit, rate and review this show so others can find it, listen to it, and can't believe that you would ever knowingly refer this kind of shit to them, so it must be some kind of accident. All of my accidental blatherings are on the so shit the hell underscore podcast on Twitter or the show name on Facebook. You can support our fervored delusions of adequacies on patreon.com slash what the hell podcast and all of our fever dreams of decency and goodnessy goodnessy now i'm gonna stick with that's a word enough on what the hell podcast.com where you can go to our merch shop and be drinking out of a vessel with my face on it which for the life of me i can't imagine why you would want to but some of you are we are a proud member of the seltzer kings podcast network who have my face on many things for sale but find them disturbing to look at so they hide them in a closet so for me dave infpa bledsoe producer Oh, no, I'm not taking this test. Even I have limits. Gavin and all the fictional INFJs on this show, we want to say, look in my eyes. What do you see? That's right. I don't give a shit about your personality. We'll see you all for part three of Why Do You Believe This Crap next week. What the Hell Were You Thinking stars Dave Bledsoe and features Gavin St. James and several fictional minions. The show is produced by Kimberly Steele and a part of the Seltzer Kings Podcast Network. You can find more information on the show on their website, whatthehellpodcast.com, or on Twitter at thehell underscore podcast, or on Facebook as What The Hell Podcast. Thanks for listening. I have no ending for this, so I take a small bow. Seltzer Kings. Podcasts.